This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Welcome to the Tech Night Owl Live. The show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. So this week on the Tech Night Out Live, we welcome back our friend Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. And a little bit later, we're going to hear from Russell Holly, And he's with Mobile Nation. So again, to Mobile Gear and the newest Nintendo stuff and lots more. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live. Now, before we got started, Jeff is a fan of pop culture as I am, superheroes and everything else. Mm -hmm. And I was telling him how to pronounce the name Mr. Mixius Pitalik. Mixius Pitalik. Mixius Pitalik. There are actually two versions in Wikipedia of this is the preferred version. Of course, this character is an imp from the fifth dimension who played pranks on Superman. And he's been in the cartoons. He was in Smallville. He was at Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman. And now he's coming to Supergirl, Mr. Mixius Pitalik. And of course, they'll spend the entire episode figuring out how to say his name forwards before they say his name backwards. You see, to get rid of him, he has to say his name backwards. Now, what is Trump backwards? No, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Mixius Pitalik. Yeah. I'm going to stick with that. Now, as our listeners know, we've mentioned it before, Consumer Reports magazine, which has always had problems with technology reviews, they reviewed the new MacBook Pros, and it was freaky. They got battery life ranging from over 18 hours down to three and a half. Now, understand, Apple only claims 10 hours battery life. They claim 10 hours for two different tests, one to just play an iTunes movie, or for their test suite where they download 25 different websites. Now, this is all on Apple's sites. You can duplicate it, and I suspect if you just follow their instructions, you'll be correct. You can't turn the brightness all the way up. You turn it at 75%. Now, it's up to you what you think. My 2010 MacBook Pro is at 75%. I'm perfectly happy with it. But if you want a brighter picture, to each his own. All right, that's what Apple does. Consumer Reports was getting all these widely varying battery life results and therefore said they're not going to recommend it. Now, that's a big thing because Consumer Reports has several million readers or people who subscribe to their content on their website. And Mm -hmm. that can mean a lot. You know, it's coming right after Christmas, by the way. So it didn't affect Apple's holiday sales, as we'll point out momentarily. But it could have affected future sales. So what happens next? Within a very short period of time, The modern way to communicate by corporate leaders or president-elect or anybody in high office is to send a tweet. So Phil Schiller uses the Twitter mechanism. I think they've saved Twitter at this, you know. Twitter has never gotten more publicity than since Donald Trump came around. Oh, boy, howdy. 
And, and Twitter's had its problems because they've had problems monetizing the service. So Phil Schiller says they're working with Consumer Reports to figure out what's going on. Now, let me tell you the story, and then we can pick up what you think about it, Jeff. Okay. So Consumer Reports reveals their test methods. They download 10 sites from their web server. Apple does 25. They call it 25 popular sites. They don't list what they are. But Consumer Reports lists 10. So why would get wild, varying results? Ten sites over and over again until the battery's spent. All their notebooks, it's the only test they do. Now, I don't know about you, but you don't watch the same ten sites in succession. But worse, they turn off caching. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, that's pretty artificial. How do you do that on Safari? Well, there is a advanced preference called develop, a develop menu. And that gives options mm-hmm. for web developers. You can view page source. You could turn the cache off to check how the site works. So they turn the cache off. Trivial, right? It's not a normal test procedure that doesn't realistically reflect what users are going to do. True. Most people have no idea you can turn a cache off. And of the few that do, most of them have absolutely no reason to do so. Okay. It's for web developers. Second... yeah. There is a weird bug, or was a real bug, inconsistent reloading icons from the website and overextend the battery inconsistently, which is why battery life estimates for the 15 and 13-inch MacBook Pros, uh, 113 without the touch bar, were wildly inconsistent. And Apple realized if it's a bug, it had to be fixed. It's not something that any normal person under normal use would even care about because nobody's running... The testing involving 10 websites without caching. Nobody's doing that except Consumer Reports. So for Consumer Reports, the only people in the world, this world or any other world in any other time frame, the only ones doing it is Consumer Reports. They fix the bug. And it's now in Mac OS Sierra 10.12.3. It'll be released in a week or two, probably. Mm-hmm. It's already in Developer Beta 4. And if you are in the public beta program for Apple or a developer, you can download it. Consumer Reports tells you how. So they did that. Okay? I mean, they're being fair. Their test is nonsense. But Consumer Reports is being fair. So the notebooks that were not recommended before suddenly are getting ratings of 73 to 77. However, a couple of VIOs are rated 81. Don't ask me why. I think it's because... There are more ports on a PC or something like that. Whatever, it got pretty good ratings, okay? The battery life ranges, you ready for this? From 15.75 hours up to over 18 hours. I mean, are we really serious here? That's just... It's wacky. I mean, it's good for Apple. Hey, look, uh, Apple has battery life on the MacBook Pro of up to 18.25 hours from 15.75 hours. What this means is that Consumer Reports is getting much more battery life than even Apple claims. And some people feel Apple is being optimistic. But if you want to spend the rest of your life downloading 10 sites with caching off in Safari, your battery is just going to go on, keep chugging forever. So the point is here is that the rating is fixed. And this cockamamie system, which applies evidently to all notebook computers, applies to the MacBook Pro, and therefore Apple gets a good rating. In fact, they get probably better battery life than most of the other notebooks out there. 
but it's sheer yeah. nonsense. What do you think? Yes, it's sheer nonsense. And th- this underscores why, even though I, um, I respect consumer reports for some product categories, I never look to them for technology because I, I don't think they get how to conduct tests. And this is a perfect example. They changed settings that no one is going to change and then got unexpected results that they didn't like. And as soon as they changed everything back, all of a sudden, hey, it's great. And well, never mind. We can actually recommend this computer. And this is typical of consumer reports with technology ratings. If you want to use them to pick out a washing machine or a vacuum cleaner, man, they're great for that because they totally get how to test those products. I hope. Well, I mean, they have a long history of, uh, of testing those types of products and getting consistently reliable, trustworthy results. But when you look at the technology products, smartphones, computers, it's just, it, it, I'm, I'm not sure who they need to hire, but they need to hire someone that can help them conduct reasonable tests that generate uh, meaningful results. The big problem I'm seeing right now is that, is that I, I know people, very intelligent people, that were waiting to see what Consumer Reports said about the new MacBook Pro before they bought it, and they have written it off. Because they saw the initial report, and they're like, oh, geez, Apple can't even make a computer anymore. And they're not paying attention to the follow-up where Consumer Reports is actually, it's pretty good. Let's do more of this in our next segment with Jeff Gamet. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. (laughs) Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Good day, America. Are you tired of your butt cheeks being frozen? Tired of cold hands or cold feet? I'm tired of the cold. Well, there's a new kid on the block. It's Fortress Clothing. Fortress will keep you warm. Fortress does what no other clothing company has ever done. We keep you warm in the cold, even when wet. You heard that right, even when wet. No BS, no gimmicks. Work, play, sweat in the cold, and stay warm. So quit your complaining and go to FortressClothing.com. FortressClothing.com, enter coupon code AMERICA and get 20% off any item. Mittens, jackets, pants, 
balaclavas or hot socks, fortressclothing.com, enter coupon code AMERICA. You're going to love being warm all winter long, fortressclothing.com. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE, GSM, and Sprint networks. Introducing PIX Wireless. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, or unlock GSM phones with PIX and choose from an arsenal of monthly plans or build your own. Starting at only $2.99 per month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-205-9513 or PIXWireless.com, spelled P-I-X-Wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. In a crisis, your number one need is food, but not just any food. Experts say everyone needs to have non-perishable, good-for-25-years survival food on hand in case of an emergency. Well, right now, in what is truly an unprecedented move, 72-hour survival food kits are being given away to listeners while supplies last. Survival food is more important today than ever before, explains Frank Bates, a spokesman for the company. Natural disasters, terrorist attacks, and other threats can make obtaining sufficient food impossible in an emergency. This 72-hour survival kit has 16 servings of delicious food rated for 25 years of storage. It sells to the general public for $27 plus shipping and has been rated 4.5 out of 5 stars by customers who paid full price. But listeners who act quickly can get it free, just cover $9.95 shipping. Go to FreeFood2.com right now. Supplies are limited and the program may end at any time. Go to FreeFood2.com now. That's FreeFood2.com. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. You see, this is the problem with retractions in newspapers anywhere else. People read the original story, and obviously Consumer Reports not recommending an Apple product was a headline story. It was in mm-hmm. major newspapers. There was a follow-up story just a couple of days ago where Consumer Reports correctly, by the way, reported on what was going on, okay, correctly reported on what was going on and said they're retesting it. They quoted Apple. Now... I should point out here that in this particular case, maybe it's going to work because the BGR site quoted at Apple News does say Consumer Reports gives Apple's MacBook Pro a buy recommendation following software fix. But even that kind of blames Apple for the problem, right. whereas it was really Consumer Reports' fault because Consumer Reports uses a cockamamie test scheme. And Apple simply fixed the software to address their cockamamie test scheme. That's a tongue twister if you ever heard one. But Consumer Reports was catered to 
And I hope that the correction gets proper publicity for Apple, because if Apple loses sales as a result of this, it's because Consumer Reports has a test routine that is completely, completely incompetent. On the other hand, Apple does better than most other notebooks on it. It's like tailor-made for Apple. I mean, all the other notebooks are scoring much less. Yeah, it's kind of funny. And okay, so now in Consumer Reports defense, which I know sounds really weird for me to say, the bug that they discovered by chance is a legitimate bug and was an important bug to fix for developers. So it's a good thing that it was ultimately discovered because developers could have been uh, having issues with some of the tests they were doing like on their on their own code, on their own sites, and they wouldn't have realized that this was the problem. But now that it's fixed, it's an issue that's addressed for developers, but it was, in my opinion, always a non-issue for the majority of users. And more than likely, it was probably something because it's so obscure, not discovered, because bugs in computer software are rated according to importance and impact. Something that causes a crash, it gets fixed. Something that only happens on the 33rd time under rare circumstances rarely gets fixed because it can't even be repeated. And it probably took the Consumer Reports test scheme, weird as it was, to bring this out. Now, I wonder here, though, if any of this will have any impact on the battery life other people will get on the MacBook Pro. Because remember, Apple has a very specific test routine that, to me, is nothing unusual, consistent with their past test routines, as a matter of fact. A lot of people have gotten battery life in the 9-10 hour range. Some have gotten 5 hours, 6 hours. It's very inconsistent. Are there other fixes in 10.12.3 that will affect battery life? I bet Apple was pretty careful to have a look. I'd be interested in seeing if people retest their batteries on the new MacBook Pros. You know, I picked up the new MacBook Pro in December, I think it was. Yes, it was in December. And I got the the top-of-the-line 15-inch model with touch bar, the really big SSD, it just, you know, I loaded it. And I've been using it every single day as my primary computer ever since I got it in December. And when I took it to CES last week, I was using it as my primary computer there. I realized on Thursday that I hadn't plugged it into a charger since Tuesday morning. And I'd been doing a a lot of writing. I'd been editing articles. I recorded and edited and published several podcasts, all from my computer without having a power supply plugged into it. And on Thursday afternoon, I thought, you know, I should probably juice it up just to be safe. And I was still over 50% on my battery. Now, this is very interesting here. Are you running the 10.12.3 update? Nope. I am running the stock public release on this computer. It's I, I didn't want to run any beta software on it uh, at, at first because I want to have a sense of its true performance for just the average person picking one up at, in an Apple store. If we get one of the tests here from Apple, we're going to you know throw it through everything and see what happens. The point being here is that you're getting good battery life, really, really good battery life. Yeah. And as I said, I'd like to see the situations where people are not getting good battery life. Now, 10.12.2 fixed a problem with graphics, I think, impacted the switch 
from integrated to discrete graphics and back again. If it goes too often into discrete graphics, it uses more power and less battery life. I could see that explaining why people who tried the previous Apple update got better battery life suddenly. It totally makes sense. Uh, and that's it, probably the release yeah. you already have, because that yes, would I'm be stock. Sure. Yep. That would be yep. stock. It definitely fixed an issue I was experiencing where uh, sometimes my screen would redraw windows improperly. And so you get these big red blocks in them. And uh, and then they'd be fine later on. And it wasn't a consistent issue, but it was happening occasionally. And with the 10.12.2 fix, all of those weird graphic artifacting things that I was experiencing were just gone. Long and short of it, you have a maxed out 15-inch MacBook Pro with Touch Bar, and you like it. I like it a lot. I really like this computer. I'm very pleased with it. How does the battery life seem to compare with the previous one you owned? You did have a MacBook Pro before, right? Yes. I uh, was using a 2012 Retina 15-inch MacBook Pro. That's the original version, the first one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow, it's uh, or was the first one late 2011? No, 2012. Remember. Because okay. 2011, they were still selling 17-inch MacBook Pros. Oh, that's and right. The, remember the purchase price? It was very much identical to the current purchase price. The price came down. So people who are complaining about the price of the new models, Apple simply charged what they charged when the first Retina displays came out, and compare that to the iMac. When the first iMac with 5K Retina display came out, it was $24.99. Now that's very similar to the 1999 model that you get now from 2015. Apple introduced something new, and then after a year or so, they cut the price. So I think they're going to do it again with these. I I think so. Uh, But to answer your question about the battery, uh, battery life on the Touch Bar MacBook Pro is definitely better than my... 2012 Retina, and I am confident saying that it's better than my 2012 Retina when that computer was brand new, because you know over time you you start losing some of the the life off the battery, and so I I don't expect a 2012 Retina MacBook Pro to have the same battery life today it did when it was brand new, but even still I think it's outperforming the brand new battery from my 2012 computer. And performance is a whole lot better in many ways. We'll get to that in a moment. We have Jeff Gamut from the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, 
furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish. GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507-800-478-1507-800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Ben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Neighbors, want to know the best, absolute best way to support this show? Well, it's real simple, neighbors. 
All you have to do is sign up for Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We offer for prices starting at $1.49 a week, cheap. The commercial-free version of this show, better quality audio, with more features to come, plus.technightowl.com. Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer is with us. We're talking about, first of all, Consumer Reports and their weird testing, where they now have given high ratings, except for a couple of VIO computers. Don't understand that. It's almost at the top of the heap in terms of quality, the new MacBook Pros. And battery life is up to 18 and a half and 19 hours, which is precisely absurd. But I'll go for that. Now, I have the 2010 17-inch MacBook Pro, the next to the last one. The battery is about gone. I get two or three hours out of it, but it never fully charges. I've done all the reconditioning stuff. So what I'm doing, neighbors, and I'll let you know on this, I contacted Mac Sales, you know, other world computing, and they've got a battery that they claim up to 8 or 10% better battery life than the original. They're sending me out the 2010 MacBook Pro battery. We'll put it in and we'll try it. I've also enhanced this notebook with a 500 gigabyte solid state drive and more memory. It really, to me, is about as fast as today's MacBook Air. At least my son said so when he came here. He owns a MacBook Air. Performance hasn't increased that much over the years, more the SSDs and such. You know, for the upgrade you've made on that computer you should be getting really nice performance. So I'm not surprised you're still happy with your computer. And you did exactly what I would have recommended for your battery. Uh, I, would, I would have contacted Max Sales and picked up a battery from them and popped it in, and there you go, and then you're happy. We are. Why is that computer so controversial? Why were people complaining? I mean, you look at it, the touch bar seems like a nice idea if you really don't use the the function keys, who cares? Now that it's there, it seems to offer enhancements, productivity enhancements in apps that exploit its use like Photoshop and Microsoft Office and everything. It seems fine. If you don't just use it as a normal mm-hmm. function key, who cares? There it is. Big deal. It's thinner. It's lighter. It's and it, assuming that you don't have erratic battery life, it's good. Yeah. The touch bar thing is totally emotional. Uh, when I was... At CES, I was showing my computer to Dave Hamilton from Mac Geek Gab, and he hadn't had a chance to play with the touch bar yet. He was just immediately using it, and he said it was very intuitive and very natural to use the touch bar, and he, he was happy with it. On my flight back home, by chance, I was just coming back from CES, everyone on the planes from CES. So I'm sitting next to a guy who wanted to talk about the new computer. He said, what do you think? And, and of course, I know the touch bar is just a stupid waste. And I asked him, why do you think that? And he said, well, it just is. It's stupid. And he had no reason other than this emotional reaction to the touch bar. He just felt that it was a stupid feature. And I think that's a, that's a big problem Apple's having with this computer right now, is that people are, are reacting to certain features in a very emotional way without any rational information to back up the way they're feeling. But why? Why would anyone care? If you don't like it, don't use it. You know, I think part of it is people think that because... Other companies have put full touch screens on their computers. Apple needs to do that too. 
And they're forgetting that a lot of these computers that have touchscreens on them are using interfaces that were never designed for touch. So it's not efficient. It's In many cases, it's not easy. It can be cumbersome. And I don't see Apple just throwing touch onto OS X across the board because that's never how the interface was designed. And if someone really wants to use a version of OS X that's full-on touch, then you get an iPad because that's the interface that was designed from the ground up for touch. Now, I've talked to a couple of people, one who was on the air just a couple of weeks back, and I asked him about his reaction to buying one of these touch computers. And he said, well, I hardly ever used it because it was so awkward and not comfortable. He just used the standard input devices that came Uh with it, the keyboard and the trackpad. Never bothered touching it. And I wonder how many people who buy those things really try to use a touchpad. And I'll give you the biggest answer to that. I'm using a 27-inch iMac. So imagine this is a Microsoft Surface Studio or something with the cockamamie way of reconfiguring and rejiggering the way the screen is positioned. I raise my hand, touch the screen to do something, to mouse around. I'm imagining that it does anything. It's uncomfortable. Why am I doing it? So you're doing it because you've decided you ought to. Not because it's actually more efficient for you. Now, for some people, yes, it is more efficient. But by and large, I think that the touch in that way is there as a, as a marketing tool. Now, with the Surface Studio, I, I've had a chance to to play quite a bit with one of them. If you take it and slide it down so that it's in more of a or of an art easel sort of position, so it's flatter. Touch works better there than when it. It's upright. But the thing is, once you've got it in that position, you don't want a mouse around. You don't want a keyboard around because they're just in the way of what you're doing. And now you have another problem, which is there are a lot of other input things you need to do that go beyond just touching the screen and how your keyboard and mouse aren't handy. So it's a device that has a lot of cool features that all have to compromise with each other in ways that that I think are too limiting. And Might as well take a 12.9-inch iPad Pro with an Apple Pencil if you want to draw. Yes. Uh, Yeah, my experience was, even though the screen on the uh, Surface Studio is beautiful, I mean, it's a really nice screen, and even though you have a lot of screen space to draw, I was able to do what I need to do more efficiently, more effectively, on an iPad Pro, and not just because I'm more familiar with the iPad Pro, it's just the the whole design of the device I felt was much better for me for for drawing. So yeah, Apple Pencil, iPad Pro. That's to me that's a, that's a better art tool. Yeah, I really want the Surface Studio to be better than it is, but I'm just not going to get that. It's a shtick, a gimmick for one kind of workflow. And if that's what you want, fine. But if you're looking at an iPad Pro 12.9-inch version, which I've tested here, and you bring it closer to your eyes, it's big enough for the kind of work you want to do, that specialized work. I think the big problem with Mm -hmm. iPads is Apple really needs to work on the operating system and apps and the options to make it more suited for being something other than a large iPhone without the phone. You know, 
if you have the right apps for what you need to do, it's totally that. But see, here's a problem. How do you find the right apps to make your iPad more than a big iPhone for you? It's it's really hard to discover the right apps. And it's not just Apple that has this problem. It's It's all the different app stores that are out there. It's really difficult to find just what you need. And in my case, I have run through dozens and dozens of drawing and painting apps on my iPads over the years, trying to find exactly the right tool. And for pretty much every other app that I use on my iPads, I've run through dozens of apps hunting to find the right one. And I totally get it. I am not normal. This is what I do for a living. So it's okay for me to spend ridiculous amounts of time trying to find apps. But the average person, there's no reason that they should ever have to do that. And then you end up with situations like you're talking about right now, where you have an iPad that feels like it's little more than a big iPhone. So highly unfortunate. Yes, indeed. Right. That's the thing I hope that Apple starts addressing in the next system update for iOS. More to come with Jeff Gamet. I'm Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R O C K O I D S.com. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org.
Have you ever wanted a shortcut to getting the underground secrets to making money online and seriously grow your business? Whether it's a new business, a part-time income, or an existing business, you have this incredible limited offer to get a copy of this Amazon best-selling book on dot-com success for free. Uncover the success factors to make your business ignite. Go to secretsignite.com. That's secretsignite.com. Get your free copy now. Go to secretsignite.com. For P150, P150 GA, P150 NY, P150 OK, P150 TN, C250 A, C250 E, C250 Q. Not available in all states. If New York or Colorado, call for a similar offer. What's the scariest thing about going to the dentist? Opening your mouth or opening your wallet? Because just a simple cleaning can cost $100, and things like root canals can cost you hundreds more. If you don't have dental insurance to help, call Physicians Mutual Insurance Company, 1-800-656-4686. This isn't a discount plan or preventive-only coverage. This is real dental insurance that helps pay for checkups right away. So you can call today and get your teeth cleaned tomorrow. Plus, it helps cover the more expensive procedures you might need down the road. Fillings, crowns, bridges, even costly dentures. There's no deductible and no annual maximum. Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired. There are no networks, so you can choose any dentist you'd like. Call now for a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-656-4686. That's 1-800-656-4686. 1-800-656-4686. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So we just brought this up again as we were talking about conventional notebooks with touch screens, which goes back a long way for Microsoft. They used to be thick and ungainly. And then after they came out with that Intel platform, thin and light platform, that made everything thinner and lighter because the companies couldn't figure it out themselves. They had to have Intel imitate the MacBook Air. They added this, and now we have the two-in-one convertible. The only difference is Windows 10 supposedly optimizes itself for touch. That's it. So you well, get like half-baked touch instead of no touch. Yes, I'll agree with you. The The touch in Windows 10 feels to me like uh, like it's half-baked. Like it's something that was bolted on to an operating system to accommodate the fact that they really wanted to use touch. It's, it's far more elegant than it used to be, but it still felt uh, a bit kludgy to me. Now, to get back to this here. Okay, so we have the MacBook Pro now gets... Top ratings from Consumer Reports, very few notebooks get better ratings, and mostly for features and stuff that most people may not need. Maybe they want more ports, and we understand Apple you know, is engaged in another port revolution, which means things change and you have to buy dongles, and they've got the discount. All right. We know that. We know about the f- bogus complaints. Mm-hmm. The bogus complaints like, for example, why 
didn't Apple use the KB Lake processors on the new MacBook Pros because the quad-core versions were not shipping when they came out. Why They can't have a chip that's not shipping or shipping in limited quantities where they can't fill orders. Now, this is interesting here. So Tim Cook says lots of orders for the MacBook Pro. We know it was back-ordered for a while. They're catching up now. Then I had Stephen Baker of the NPD group. You know him? Yeah, I, I don't know him personally. I know who he is. He's one of the top industry analysts. He's a great mm-hmm. guy. I just love having him on the show. He's another nice Jewish guy, and we just have this great rapport together. And so I asked him, and he said, you know, the sales of the iPhone were pretty good for the holiday quarter, and for the Mac were pretty good for the holiday quarter. This is preliminary estimates that we had just a couple of weeks back. Now, we get this report from Gartner. I guess you saw it. That Mac sales were higher, slightly higher, in the December quarter than in the previous year. Okay? Yep. Isn't that cool? Okay. Now, I understand here, Apple's only change in Macs consisted of a MacBook refresh in the spring and the new MacBook Pros. They did Mm -hmm. not touch the Mac Mini. They did not touch the iMac which is the highest volume desktop. They didn't touch the Mac Pro and people are freaking out. Didn't touch them and the MacBook Air is now on remainder list. I guess they'll sell the 13-inch model for a while, but probably it won't get upgrades. Right. Eventually, it'll just quietly disappear. And they'll quietly or not so quietly cut the price of the MacBook accordingly. Mm -hmm. I bet that's going to happen. Okay, so, you know, there wasn't a lot of new stuff going on there and Apple still has higher sales. And it has to be mostly due to the MacBook Pro. And also for Consumer Reports not testing it in time. Yeah, that's lucky. But yeah, there was a lot of pent-up demand for the MacBook Pro. I was in that group of people. I had been waiting for uh, well over a year to replace my 2012 MacBook Pro because I, I had outgrown it. But... I wasn't going to replace it with a computer that was still using a Haswell processor, which that's the Intel chipset that Apple was using at the time in MacBook Pros. So I was waiting. And my assumption was that last spring, that like at the end of spring, we would get a Skylake-based MacBook Pro refresh. And it didn't happen. So I didn't buy a computer. And when it came out in October, I ordered it immediately and had to wait until December before it showed up. Yeah, so I'm in that group of of people that that was holding out. And I think there were a lot of people like me who simply didn't want to buy the new computer until Apple moved beyond the Haswell chipset. And remember here, they really didn't ship in quantity until November. Apple lost a few weeks out of the quarter. If they still have higher Mac sales... And we'll know on the 31st. Remember, Gartner or IDC, they come up with estimates that aren't always correct and sometimes undercut Apple. When Apple releases the real... Right, because they have to guess. Right. These are really, really extravagant guesses, if you want to be precise about it. And they do survey dealers, I'm sure. The real figures will come from Apple on the 31st of January. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, interesting thing there. It says to me that Apple sold an amazing number of MacBook Pros this quarter. It wasn't people buying last year's iMac, although it's still a great computer and still being sold. It wasn't many people buying Mac Pros. 
maybe a fair number of people buy the MacBook Air or the MacBook. But the MacBook Pro had to be a stellar success to bring figures up that way. And if Apple reports somewhat higher sales of Macs in a declining PC market for the holiday quarter as well, that's going to be significant. I agree. And the way Apple's going to talk about the sales, they are not going to break out MacBook Pro because that's not what they do. So they, they will say, Mac sales for the quarter broke records and, and demand for the new MacBook Pro was even greater than we expected. And we're really excited about consumer interest in our brand new touch bar computer. And you know what that means? I suspect there will be a Magic Keyboard 2 for desktop Macs with a touch bar. Yeah, I think it'll come. Uh, I don't think it's going to come quite as quickly as a lot of people are hoping. My guess is that it's not going to come out until maybe like next fall. You think so? Yeah. it's. I mean, they, if they do a really significant iMac refresh uh, like this summer, I suppose it could come out with that. But I think Apple really wants the touch bar to be something that that is a differentiating factor for the MacBook Pro right now. And they want it to just be a, a thing for that computer for a little while. And then it gets to go everywhere else. And the question is, too, can this be made so that it can be connected with a regular Bluetooth connection and you don't need supporting circuitry on the Mac. Maybe you do. It may be that if you do it on an iMac, it's going to have to have something internal, but just can't stick everything in a tiny magic keyboard. You know, you remember you have a second processor in there. All right? You've got the circuitry right. for a OLED Basically, display. You have all this stuff going on, and maybe you can do this by Bluetooth. I suspect if an iMac will support this feature, there will be circuitry within the iMac, say with a second processor or something. Yeah, I, I think that the touch bar processor will end up in the keyboard itself. Okay. But I think that there will be something extra hardware-wise in the the Mac iMac that will support the keyboard. So yeah, I, I think we're still looking at something that's going to require newer computers. It might even be based on what version of Bluetooth the computer has. There is a Bluetooth so, 5. Now, it doesn't yes. make a difference with the MacBook Pro because everything is integrated in the computer. But if you've got to stick something through a Bluetooth connection, it's not connected to the computer. You might need something more. Yeah, you might need something more. And I think part of that, well, I don't know. I I was speculating at one point that part of that would relate to the fact that it's going to have, if, if Apple does this, they're going to put the Touch ID sensor on the keyboard and there will be a secure enclave on the keyboard to handle the, the fingerprint verification because you don't want to send, you don't want to have to encrypt and send that to the computer, have the computer decrypt it and then decide if it's okay. You, you want to keep that data locked away so it can't be intercepted at all. So you put the, the secure enclave on the keyboard and anyhow, but as that data is going back and forth, yet you still need to have a, a pretty good connection. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be newer versions of Bluetooth. It won't require Bluetooth 5 because that's still uh, uh, the dust on that's still 
kind of settling. So we're not seeing it show up in a lot of places yet. But uh, uh, yeah, versions of Bluetooth 4, sure, I could see Apple uh, having very strict requirements on which version of Bluetooth 4 is supported. Go figure. The AirPods, according to early estimates, were one of the top sellers of wireless headphones in the holiday quarter. You heard that, right? Yep. Yes, and I think it's okay for Phil Schiller to say, can't innovate my ear. Uh, well, somebody a- likes it. Speaking of your ears, listen to this, and we'll have more to come on the other side of the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. We're all looking for safe, effective, and all-natural remedies for ourselves and our family. The solution is Simplex. Simplex oils provide natural anti-inflammatory and pain relief, antioxidant and nerve protection, and is an amazing topical acne removal and skincare supplement. Natural healing at a very affordable price. Find out more about our non-psychoactive CBD oil products. Go to SimplexSpecials.com. That's SimplexSpecials.com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, he walked into that segue on the last segment, Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. And we were talking here about the fact that the AirPods, after being delayed and delayed and delayed. Finally, they came out and became top sellers. Ain't that terrific, okay? They became big, big, humongous sellers, big, humongous sellers. And what can you say about that? Except that sounds like it's big and humongous. And and humongous. Apple nailed it. They innovated in a really clever way for audio 
and they they made it drop dead simple to pair the AirPods with your iOS devices, and they figured out how a way to handle latency issues, so that's not a problem. And they figured out how to pack all of that in to this little funky stick that you jam in your ear so that it still has really good audio quality. Okay. Now, your friend and mine, Kirk McElhern. Uh-huh. The iTunes guy works for Kirk Phil, his own blog. He don't like the sound quality at all. And this is the problem with headphones, but continue. Okay. Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books, managing editor of Tidbits. He likes the sound quality, but he says when you also use the mic feature, the audio quality goes down. Okay. Uh, Sure, I can see that. Yep. Okay, so here's the deal. The, The sound that comes off the AirPods when you're when you're just listening i think is surprisingly good like i've i've never been impressed with the audio quality from from apple's earbuds and earpods so i wasn't expecting anything different from the airpods but i think they sound markedly better and i have talked with other people that are audiophiles who were really surprised at the audio quality like they they were really impressed with the airpods and uh, and i I think that's great i'll never i'll never buy a pair of airpods because they don't fit my ear and they're horribly uncomfortable Uh, but i was able to hold them up and listen and i i was impressed with the sound i have problems with those in-ear designs i know some manufacturers probably most of them give you little adapters and i remember working through about seven or eight adapters with one company's earbuds the in-ear type never Mm -hmm. could get to sound properly now maybe it's because of my alien dna or something i haven't figured that out that totally makes sense all right fine you know i'm coming from the fifth dimension yeah, so and that's how I learned how to say mixius pitalic five I'm times fast. Yeah, mixius pitalic. Mixius pitalic. See, growing up, I had no one to help me sound that out. So, so I'd know to say mixius pitalic. So, as a kid, I tried to sound it out and came up with mixoplict. And then that's what everybody on, did, by the way. And the only yeah. time I heard it the right way was when they had Lois and Clark. Do it. I have to look up the name of the guy. He's a a host now on a musical reality show who played Mixius Pitalik on Lois and Clark. No <sighs> kidding. Well, I don't know why I have to look that up. It doesn't make sense to me. No, I totally get it. It, it absolutely makes sense. These these are the things that keep people like like you and me up at night. And the guy who's going to play the role now, I can't pronounce his name, a British actor who played in. Once upon a time in Wonderland, he played the the good genie who was Alice's boyfriend. Okay? British actor. Okay. He's going to be Mr. Mixius Pitalik. And I think part of that is to make the guy look totally normal. You know, he's a good-looking guy and everything, but therefore it makes whatever he does more evil. I like that. One of the things that always bothered me about Mixus Pitalik, and see, I've got it now, Mixus Pitalik. One of the things that always bothered me in the comic books was that what he did seemed less malicious and more 
cartoony because he was drawn as a little green alien imp in uh, purple pumpkin pants. And uh, it just, I think it detracted from just how evil and dangerous he is. So making him appear totally normal so that his evil deeds stand out, I think that's a really good idea. Howie Mandel played him in Lois and Clark. Oh, I, you know, I can totally see that. And uh, and he would come across a very, uh, he would play the character very comic uh, with a little bit of seriousness, but the character would be very lighthearted. And he, he'd be more of a prankster as opposed to a malicious and devious entity. Well, we're going to have to see how that happens. By the way, this could be a musical episode, two-parter. With the music Meister as the villain with Supergirl and Flash. And remember, here when we talk about those shows, Melissa Benoist is a musical star. You know, she did what, Dinner Theater in Colorado, and she was on Glee. Mm -hmm. All right? And so was Grant Gustin of The Flash, both on Glee, singing and dancing. Jesse L. Martin who plays Captain Joe West, or was it Sergeant West? Detective West. Detective Joe West. Detective West. Detective West on The Flash. Of course, we remember him as a police detective on Law & Order for many years, but he also appeared in the Broadway show Rent. And he did sing a couple of times. He's pretty good. All right? uh, Yes, I remember him singing uh, in Earth 2. Right, and Jeremy Jordan, who plays Windshot Jr., is a Broadway star. We forget and sings. Also, the woman who played Kara's mother. Remember her? Oh, right. Yeah, she's not in very much right now because... Because she she imitates Melania Trump. (laughs) (laughs) And she's a Broadway star, Tony Award winner. I mean, they got all these musical people on these two shows. Victor Garber from Legends of Tomorrow. He's a Broadway Mm -hmm. singer. He's got a great voice. You ever heard of him? John Barrowman, you know, originally from Torchwood and Malcolm Merlin. Got a great singing voice. You've got a lot of good Mm -hmm. singers there. Now, the guy who plays Jimmy Olsen on Supergirl, he's a rapper. So I don't know how that's going to work. They'll find a way to fit it in. They're clever people. That's good. I don't know how we got to this, but I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a lot of fun that yeah. they have a musical episode. They did that once with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, by the way. Yes, they did. Yep. And uh, uh, every now and then with the Drew Carey show. And from what I understand, those were some of the most popular episodes of Drew Carey. You take advantage. Of course, they want... Neil Patrick Harris to play Music Meister. I can totally see that. And he would be fantastic. Right. I don't know that he will or be available, but, you know, it's one of these things here where the public is going to be made to clamor for him to play that role because of the fact that it's already been mentioned TV Guide, which still exists, by the way. It's being mentioned online. And they've asked him, if if they offered you the role, would you... Take it, and he kind of, you know, is being coy about it. But of course he will. You know, that'd be fun. uh, But he's already Dr. Horrible. So? They had a former werewolf play Superman on Supergirl, right? 
Tyler Hoechlin, who played Superman, he's from Teen Wolf. He played a uh, werewolf. Yep, that's true. So, but it, it might be weird for some people seeing Neil Patrick Harris in that role because the the whole Doctor Horrible sing along blog thing has such an amazing cult following, and the songs that that uh, Neil gets to sing in in that miniseries are just so iconic. But still, it would be fun. Hey, listen. If it works, it works. I bet it's going to get a lot of ratings if he comes on. They'll make a big deal of it. We've got more to come. Not just pop culture. We're going to move into CES for a few minutes. We've got Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Hello again. My name is Gary Clark. I'm the actor who's turning 80 in August who played the part of Steve on the 1960s Western TV series, The Virginian. Now, those of you who've suffered the side effects of prescribed medicines know what I'm talking about. And those of you who have watched the devastating effects that worrying about you has had on your loved ones. And what I shared a few months ago is only part of the story. I neglected to mention how One World Whey protein powder has affected my life. Now, I realize this is not dinner table conversation conversation, but here goes anyway. One World Way solved my irregularity. I'd been plagued with constipation for years, and I thought it would be that way for the rest of my life. Three weeks on One World Way set me on a new path. That was five months ago, and I haven't been irregular since. Will it work the same way for you? I don't know. It worked for me. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpillard.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So enough of Tyler Hoechlin as Superman. Did you see him, by the way, as Superman yet? No, not yet. Oh, by the way, I'm getting caught up. I'm getting closer. But it was really hard with the holidays and then uh, and then having to get ready for CES. Right now, as we speak for maybe another week or two more, the first two episodes of the season of Supergirl are available for streaming from the CW app or CWTV.com. So if you want to see it, see it now. I think when you watch his turn as Superman in the first of the two episodes, especially where he shows the humor in Clark Kent and the authority of Superman, you're going to say, and you're going to agree with me, he's a combination of George Reeves and Christopher Reeve in the way he approaches the role. He's got that that that. wink in his eye that George Reeves could do better than anybody else. And he has Mm -hmm. kind of the goofball aspect that Christopher Reeve used, but not as extreme, more, more subdued. All right. I like that. I, I'm looking forward to getting caught up. There's also a two and a half minute trailer for Supergirl episode one of this season, the second season, where you can see him doing it. And you'll, get, you'll agree with me, this guy nails it. They should make a series, a Superman series with this guy before he gets hired for something else. But that's it. Let's get on to something else real quickly here. CES, you always have the promise of great products, 99% of which are never released or are disappointing. Mm -hmm. What did CES have this year? It had a lot of great promises with with disappointment. No, um, the. Well, I'm glad I summarized it for you. (laughs) Yeah, so the deal is a lot of what you see at CES is not there to become an actual shipping product. Uh, or it's it's there to be a shipping product, but but no one buys into it, so it just doesn't happen. A lot of what's there 
is to show off what companies can do and show off concepts and ideas for products that they're thinking about making. So because of that, you'll end up seeing a lot of things that, that are prototypes that that don't work out. You'll see things that are prototypes that are there just to showcase. Then you'll see a lot of stuff where people have poured their hearts into an idea, and it's a really bad idea. And so it just dies in Las Vegas. But I did see some things that, that I really liked. I, I was very pleased that this year the health and fitness technology market seems to have done uh, a good job of of really starting to mature. It's getting much better than it was. So in previous years, you go to CES and you see all these health and fitness products where companies are just making up crazy things. And they're just throwing everything out there they can, hoping something sticks. And right now, we're at a point where companies have a much better idea of what it is that's going to work and what it is that's going to be compelling to consumers. So they've been able to refine what they're doing. And you're seeing companies like Misfit. They have a, uh, a new watch coming out. Uh, I think it's, oh, I want to say it's the Phase or the Vapor. I think it's the Vapor. It has a really nice high-resolution digital face and it's a watch that they really thought through how to make it work in the way consumers need to give them the information they need and to collect the data unobtrusively that, that it needs to get to, to be meaningful. They're coming up with some really nice fitness trackers that look like regular analog watches and have very subtle ways of showing you with the watch hands the the fitness information you need. And they have the bonus of if you decide you're not into fitness, it still works as a regular watch. And then I saw the smoke detector company, First Alert. They have this new video camera baby monitor that they're coming out with that monitors respiration. You set the camera up and it doesn't matter if your baby is covered in blankets or not. It can sense the breathing patterns of your child. And, and that's really great, like, say, if your baby is sick. I think also if your baby has a respiratory problem. If your baby has a respiratory problem, yes. If, you're, if you are in areas like Colorado where there's a substantially higher risk for unknown reasons for SIDS, then this gives you a tool to better monitor your child. Man, I hope no one ever has to use it in that way, but it, it can handle that. It's, it was a really well thought out product. The point is we're seeing more things like that. We're seeing these sleep sensors for beds that are much more effective than a simple app on your smartphone. Even like... Um, Sleep Number. They have a new bed called the 360 that's coming out. There's sensors built into the mattress, so it adapts the, the firmness of the bed based on what position you're laying in. If you start to snore, it elevates the head of the bed by uh, seven degrees, which uh, gets your head up a little higher. It'll help you stop snoring. It warms the foot of the bed because people tend to fall asleep better and sleep more soundly if their feet aren't cold. And then it monitors your sleep patterns also. So it's all built into the bed. You don't have to add extra stuff to make it work. It's just there. So if you want a simple bed like a Casper mattress, you can't have mm -hmm. all those goodies. I don't know. That's interesting. Expensive is all get out. Uh, it's, it's not cheap. But when you're looking at, at something that's designed to assist your sleeping on that level, 
And if you're someone that has serious sleep issues, the price doesn't matter. So, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's not cheap, but it's also not priced at a point that's going to keep people that, that really want one from getting one. Now, is this something you can buy now? It's going to be out in a couple months, I believe. Okay. That was another change. A lot of what I was seeing at CES this year was either shipping at the show or they had a firm ship date that's within the next few weeks or next couple months. They make a big deal of 4K TV? Yeah. Okay, so the whole TV thing is um, really, it's a tough market because it's not like TV manufacturers are in the same place that, say, a computer maker is, where they can get these new processors and do these other things with a computer or smartphone that they didn't do before. Televisions are basically televisions. And and the changes they're making are just, I mean... to differentiate from the competition. And you and, know, a lot of times, though, you really, really have to be a power user and have really great eyes or trained eyes to see the difference. I have a 2012 E-Series Vizio. Not an expensive set. It's like their low-end line. And you know, I can't see much of a difference in the current sets. Not at all. So there you go. Jeff Gamet. Yeah, there you go. Tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff you do, whether I agree with it or not. And I'm okay if you don't agree with me because uh, I, I love, I just love having discussions with you. Uh, so you can find me over at MacObserver.com along with a lot of other amazingly talented writers. I, I'm lucky to get to work with the people that, that I do. And you can find me on Twitter, I'm Jay Gamut, and I post stuff on Instagram too, so you can find me there, Jay Gamut. And uh, I'm, I'm out and about on all kinds of podcasts like Mac Observer's Daily Observations, The iOS Show. I show up here with you too. So uh, look around, you'll find me. Jeff Gamut, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. And thank you so much for having me on. It's always loads of fun. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Have you ever wanted a shortcut to getting the underground secrets to making money online and seriously grow your business? Whether it's a new business, a part-time income, or an existing business, you have this incredible limited offer to get a copy of this Amazon best-selling book on dot-com success for free. Uncover the success factors to make your business ignite. Go to secretsignite.com. That's secretsignite.com. Get your free copy now. Go to secretsignite.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. 
you can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Back pain doesn't take vacations. It never celebrates holidays. It's on the job 24-7 to keep your life exactly where it is, in limbo. But it doesn't have to be that way because Laser Spine Institute can help you take back your life from chronic neck and back pain. With a less than one-inch incision, our minimally invasive procedures have provided relief to over 60,000 patients with a 97% patient satisfaction rate. So get ready to stand tall and live the life you've imagined for yourself without pain. Are you or a loved one suffering from a bulging disc? herniated disc, spinal stenosis, pinched nerve, or degenerative disc disease? Call our spine care consultants now at 855-519-BACK. For a no-cost MRI review and to learn more, it's time to say goodbye to chronic neck and back pain. Call 855-519-BACK now to see if laser spine surgery is right for you. That's 855-519-BACK. What have you got to lose? Laser Spine Institute, the leader in minimally invasive spine surgery. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We welcome a new friend to the show. He is Russell Holly, and Russell has many hats, one of which is managing editor for VR Heads. And I was looking in our history of the Tech Night Out Live dating back from our debut in 2002. Believe it or not, we've been here that long. And we've never done a show with somebody who is an editor or high muckety-muck with a publication on VR. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Nintendo Switch. We'll talk about, in general, the entire spectrum of mobile phones, and especially looking at the holiday season, Russell, have smartphones reached the point where it doesn't matter what manufacturers can do, standing up, upside down, they can't really grow sales all that much anymore. It's taking sales from one company or another. Well, I think it really depends on where in the world you're talking about. You know, if you're talking about in the United States, then I I think, yes, for the large 
part you're talking about competing sales, uh, you know, from from one company to another. But uh, India, for example, is is in a state of constant growth when it comes to smartphone adoption, where where people are picking up smartphones uh, not just as an accessory to a computer, but oftentimes as their only computer. So the smartphone becomes kind of their first computer that they they use to explore the internet and things like that. And in particularly there, uh, smartphone growth is is very much a kind of natural organic thing that that you know didn't have a, a predecessor as far as technology goes. So this is something also, I guess it's happened in China, which explained how phablets became popular. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's really kind of a culturally fascinating to think about how the technology gets used so differently in, in different areas. China, as a really fantastic example, was a replacement to the to the television for people who had apartments that really just weren't big enough to have a television or, or it just wasn't they weren't at home you know, enough to, to have a, a television. So the, the phone became the primary entertainment resource, you know, for for streaming video and for games and things like that. So those large screens you know, really became popular there because it was you know, more real estate for that kind of content. Well, just to show an example, my son lives in Madrid and his primary consumption devices consists of an iPhone 5C, which is a four inch display. And he has, I think it's a seven inch tablet, an Amazon Kindle, and he uses it to yeah read eBooks, but also to watch Netflix content. That's his TV set. Oh yeah. Yep. These things are so expensive. If you can afford anything, you can afford just one device. It's not like here where we people in the West are supposedly very wealthy. Of course, I don't know anybody like that anymore, but maybe sometime in the past, we're supposed to be wealthy so we can afford to have a smartphone and a tablet or a TV set or a personal computer. We can have all these separate devices for separate things. But are you seeing that here too among young people who are struggling to start out that they tend to try to focus all on one device? You certainly see that among certain groups, particularly uh, they're usually referred to as cable cutters who, who aren't really relying on, you know, traditional cable services for, for television and their cellular Internet service ends up being their primary form of Internet. They get Wi-Fi where they can. But, you know, for the most part, their their monthly data allotment that, you know, eight gigabytes or 12 gigabytes is, is pretty much, you know, how they use the Internet over the course of a month. So, yeah, I, I, there's definitely groups of those kind of users here in the West. Obviously, Apple hit headwinds with iPhone sales, I guess because there's so much competition in China, that's what really hurt. Do you have any preliminary figures of sales from the holiday quarter that tell us what happened? I, I don't. Uh, I, I know that you know what we saw from from Apple was actually kind of fascinating. Uh, you know, there, there was uh, a lot of excitement. You know, when when the phone was initially launched, and it was expected that that excitement would continue when the largest competitor, uh, which was uh, Samsung's Galaxy Note Seven, kind of fell to the uh, the wayside after uh, the the battery problems that it had. Uh, but instead, it really just kind of remained constant. You know, the the level of sales throughout throughout the holiday season remained constant, and a lot of that has to do with the price of the the iPhone 7 and, and also the the price of you know kind of the more expensive Samsung phones there's been a big push over this last year uh, especially for phones that can can match almost every feature that that the iPhone or the Samsung Galaxy phones are capable of at you know 2 and 300 dollars less uh, and, and they're not, you know, exactly the same as far as what they're able to recreate, but they're they're close enough that to a lot of people it, it justifies that lower uh, price tag. So therefore, price is becoming more and more of a factor. But price is absolutely yeah. Sure, but Google with the Pixel lineup, the Pixel was priced the same as the high end Samsungs or iPhone. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and didn't uh, didn't offer, you know, every single feature that you would get on on an iPhone or on a Samsung Galaxy phone. And uh, a lot of the attention that it got over the the holiday season had a lot to do with their their promotional relationship with Verizon Wireless. You know, we walked into a Verizon store over the holiday season. This wasn't just, you know, a phone on the shelf. It was the first phone you saw when you walked in. There were, you know, the the signs all over the store were all about uh, Google's Pixel. It was you know, very clear that you know Verizon and Google had worked out an arrangement where the first thing that came to mind when you walked into one of these stores was this phone. Isn't that very much like the end cap feature in a bookstore where the company, in this case Google, paid Verizon for a better placement? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is 100% the, the same experience here. So in general here, what you're telling me is the debacle with the Galaxy Note 7, people didn't have a bad opinion of Samsung in large part as a result. Maybe it hurt things on the short term, but not much that you saw. We we did some uh, some initial research, you know, based on you know that exact concern. You know, was was the Samsung Galaxy brand or the Samsung Note brand, you know, completely tarnished uh, as a result of this? And it turned out that you know brand loyalty was still very strong among people who had purchased phones like the the Galaxy Note or the Galaxy S7. And in fact, Samsung shifted their promotional efforts when the the Note first started having problems back to the Galaxy S7 and the Galaxy S7 Edge, and were able to recover a, a little you know, over what they projected that they had lost over the holiday season due to the note not being available. Well, the note sales were just a few million. So it's easy to absorb that over other products. It's not like this was the top selling smartphone. No, not by a long shot. And the note series has never been Samsung's strongest phone. It is absolutely what they what they consider for their power users. Uh, you know, people who are constantly on their phone all day, every day. The the note is is for those people, and it's important that that those people have you know the Samsung branding on the back of their phone because those are the people that make recommendations to their friends and families, and those people are typically uh, the people whose voices are trusted when it comes to uh, you know to to less technically savvy people making purchases. Now, in terms of taking today's smartphones that a lot of people think are good enough, what can they add onto those things that wouldn't be categorized as fluff to make them better? That's another point, too. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. The the two biggest things that we're going to see over the the next year is is very much what we saw this year. A, a tremendous focus on the quality of the camera and its ability to take images, you know, capture images in as many situations as possible, and a battery that no matter what gets you through an entire day. You know, th- those are the two big things that we will see. You know, th- there will obviously be kind of visual flourishes, and like you said, a lot of that will end up being considered fluff. But the the two big things that that most consumers seem to to rely on when asking questions about a phone if they're really researching a phone to purchase it usually ends up coming down to camera quality and battery life and we notice here apple made a big deal of the cameras in the iphone 7 and the iphone 7 plus and the somewhat beefier battery yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those those were definitely focal points, you know, especially with the iPhone 7 Plus where they they, you know, put basically a, a second camera on the back of the phone to enable people to to zoom in on things without uh, loss of uh, visual quality. And uh, you know, Samsung and Google, you know, kind of flipped that and instead of focusing on zoom capability, focused on the ability to take uh, you know, higher quality images uh, in the dark, you know, basically when the light was very low, which is something that, you know, most camera phones uh, struggle in. 
And and so you have this kind of polarizing uh, difference where Apple focused on the ability to to take better pictures at a distance, and Google and Samsung focused on you know being able to capture better images at night. And maybe that will reverse itself next year. You never know. We've got Russell Holley from VR Heads joining us, and we'll get off the smartphone soon, and we'll get into VR and the new product from Nintendo in a moment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Had it been the sweet Paris air permeating the night, the intoxicating way her beauty had overtaken him. Whatever the case back then, Jordan Dunleavy is still in love with the memory of Lauren, the woman he'd lost so many years before. In Bookstore on the Seine, the journey of a conspiracy analyst, author C.L. Hendman, ties conspiracy theories, mystery, irony, and romance into this stimulating novel that masterfully interweaves the past with the present. Available on Amazon and Kindle and at bookstoreonthesen.com. That's S-E-I-N-E dot com. Bookstoreonthesen.com. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room. Weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah! No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. 
seasons before, seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. Russell Holly joins us, and we're talking about the mobile universe out there. When we started with smartphones, and we're now going to move away from that because... I don't know. I think maybe you're getting bored with hearing about smartphones all the time and iPhone versus Android. But let's look at something totally different, which is a Nintendo. I don't know when the last time we talked about Nintendo on the Tech Night Out Live. A new product called the Switch. What's a Switch, sir? Sure. Uh, Nintendo Switch is the the new game console from Nintendo. This is, you know, the the latest version of their, you know, attempt to release something that that exists in a competitive space with uh, the Xbox One console and the Sony PlayStation 4 console. And, you know, this is a space that Nintendo has been in for a very long time. And instead of releasing something that competes, you know, when it comes to uh, visual fidelity or graphic capability or something, uh, Nintendo took a step back and saw uh, people playing a lot of games on phones and tablets. And so turned their game console essentially into something that plays on the television most of the time. But when you are traveling somewhere, you can actually remove a part of the console from the dock that is connected to the television and bring all of those games with you as though you had a, a, you know, a Nintendo tablet, basically. So how do you see them then? I think that this is an entirely unique idea. You know, we're we're seeing game consoles are are very typically something that exists in your living room, and that's that's you know you go to the living room to to play those games, and when you are not at home in your living room, you don't have access to those games. You play you know much simpler games on your phone or on your tablet. This you know takes the exact same you know game experience, the same game with your your progress saved, uh, and makes it into something that you can take with you anywhere and play with anyone you know wherever you are in the world, and that. That is a, an entirely new concept for this kind of gaming, which is really exciting. So it's like bundling a tablet with the game console. The tablet is the game console. You know, when you remove the tablet, the, the thing that is connected to the, to the television doesn't do anything anymore. It, it waits for you to put the tablet back uh, so that it can go back to being this game console. It, it's really interesting to, to think about, you know, how compact the, the system ends up being when you separate its constituent parts. How big a tablet are we talking about? Uh, not much bigger than an iPad mini. You know, this has a, a 6.5 inch screen. It's a little thicker than what you would consider for a, a traditional iPad. Uh, but that thicker edge allows you to connect uh, special controller edges to, to the side of the tablet so that you can hold, uh, you know, from either side and have the, the feel of a controller in your hand, but still have this uh, this nice large display in the center. Well, I understand. Again, we're talking about a little over eight inches here, so it's not super large, but you have the, your son or daughter with you who loves games. 
Of course, when you have several, I just wonder how you get this all with an eight-inch tablet. But even then, they can be playing their game and relaxing while you're doing whatever you're doing. Well, and the multiplayer aspect that you bring up is actually kind of fascinating. Uh, the controllers themselves that are mounted on the side are uh, designed to work either as uh, a single controller that you play, you know, connected to both sides that you use to play uh, games, or separately as two different controllers that two different people can play, uh, you know, side by side on this display. Because that tablet also has a little kickstand in the back, allowing you to, to you know, put this kickstand up and set the tablet down on a table, and then each person person with their their you know basically their half of a controller can now play as separate people uh, in the games that are available it's like having a portable tv set with two separate controllers and they don't have to be attached to the tablet then they could just work separately this is entirely wireless. Uh, the, the batteries in the individual controllers are actually charged when they are connected to the tablet. Uh, and as soon as you remove them, they exist as their own power that connects wirelessly uh, to the tablet. Interesting invention, certainly. How does it rate based on what you've seen? And remember, it won't be out till a bit later this year. How does it rate in terms of the quality of the gaming controller compared to the previous products in this competition? It's really fascinating to think about. Nintendo has always had a history of releasing very weird controllers that when you look at, you think, you know, no, nobody's going to really want to play that. And then you see people sit down and play it and you yourself pick up the controller and it, it you know, it's this kind of revelation. You, you've seen this really just kind of across history with Nintendo, very odd looking controllers that feel very natural when you hold them. And this really feels like, a, a, you know, a controller that has been, you know, basically split down the middle. So when you hold both sides, it feels, you know, very much like a controller and when it's separated, uh, you get this this much smaller setup that isn't quite as comfortable and and you know definitely feels very different, but gives you a lot of the the same you know functionality there. So it's it's really surprising you know to to see that it, it really looks like a generic kind of controller, like something you would see on the shelf at Best Buy, uh, instead of kind of the the weird you know shapeless forms that we've seen from Nintendo in the past. This plays the same games as previous Nintendo products, right? This will play previous Nintendo games. Uh, they, they have access to what Nintendo calls the Virtual Console, uh, which includes games that go all the way back to the original Nintendo Entertainment System for you to, to download and play, as well as a, a host of new games uh, that will be available when the game console comes out. Okay, so when's it due out? This is going to be due out on March 3rd. Okay, and will cost... This is going to be $299 for the, the base system, which includes the dock to the television, the tablet itself, and the, the special controller. One controller? This, well, yeah, one controller that becomes two controllers. Right. Now, that's interesting about the price, because that used to be what you'd pay for one gaming controller and one console and one controller. You gain a little bit of flexibility here, and, and the price definitely you know, is, is set to offer you a little more than you would get, you know, as far as uh, functionality goes from picking up, say, an Xbox or a PlayStation. Now, in terms of the tablet, is this a dedicated device that only works with this product or can it be used as a regular tablet? They haven't gone into a ton of details about what other than playing games this tablet is going to be able to do. However, uh, Nintendo has uh, great relationships with uh, Netflix and Hulu and, and a lot of the streaming video services, as well as you know historically included a web browser on you know their their previous devices. So it would not surprise me to see those same things available here. In which case, it's not going to be as functional for you know productivity as say an iPad or something like that. But it is definitely going to be uh, a solid 
portable media consumption device. Okay, I'm looking at the product contents here. A big picture of it to see what comes. Single box containing something here that can be useful at home or on the road, certainly. Now, are you able to modulize this and add extra controllers or is it really a self-contained thing you can't add anything except the controller you can add extra controllers they haven't made any announcements for other you know accessories that will be available uh, but a big part of the way that this is designed is so you can kind of take it and and you know bring it to, to other places and that includes places where other people may also own this uh, console you know, so that you can sit down and play together and it actually is capable of creating uh, a, a local wireless mesh network so that up to eight other people who also own Nintendo switch consoles can uh, be connected together and play locally against or with one another uh, in a way that that you really just don't see uh, you know other other systems play so a group of players can have separate tablets separate sets of controllers and then network network anywhere yeah it doesn't require there to be an existing wi-fi network you can you can go anywhere you can go to a coffee shop you can go you can be riding on a bus somewhere Uh, there's there's really not a lot of limitations there now this sounds like something that is a leg up on what the other guys are doing especially at 299 currently what does an xbox cost Xbox, uh, depending on the version that you get, usually starts at around three forty nine. Uh, there are usually versions available for three twenty nine, depending on where you look. Okay, so we're talking here about a product that's cheaper, that appears to offer a lot of flexibility Microsoft doesn't have. What does an Xbox do that a Nintendo Switch cannot do? The, the flexibility you get with an Xbox comes in the amount of software that's available for it. Uh, the Xbox One has uh, hundreds more games than uh, Nintendo will have initially and, and maybe ever, uh, depending on, on how quickly they, they ramp up, uh, you know, compared to the, the existing console that's available. So, you know, third-party support for the Xbox One is greater than, you know, just about any other game console that's ever existed where, where, you know, publishers are releasing a significant quantity of games there uh, in, in a whole lot of different quality levels. So the, the big reason to pick up an Xbox one right now is because there's a whole lot more games and the online services attached to an Xbox, you know, allow you to play online with your friends at, you know, just about any interval. But those have to connect to a TV set. They, they, yeah, they are definitely limited to the, the traditional living room model. Okay, well, that obviously is a a different kind of way of selling it and a different way of promoting it. Now, looking at this, and we'll get into more of this in our next segment, does Nintendo have a chance to really use this to leverage a greater growth in gaming support? We're going to ask more about that in a moment. We've got Russell Holley and Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. Did you know your car can be hacked just like your computer or phone? Hackers can hijack the signal of your own key fob to burglarize your vehicle in seconds. The Black Hole Faraday Key Fob Bag is a signal impenetrable shield that stops these hacks in their tracks. Protect one of your most valuable assets. Go to HackProofBag.com. That's HackProofBag.com. And use promo code RADIO to get 20% off. Or call 805-222-4584. 805-222-4584. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Out Live, we've got Russell Holly, and we're talking about the new kid on the black in terms of gaming consoles, Nintendo Switch. Now, the big question I have about all this is, in terms of the market, is Xbox number one now or what? Xbox is absolutely number one now. In just about any way that you could measure performance for a a single gaming system. They've sold very well since their launch. They've continued to to do well over holiday seasons, edging out uh, Sony's PlayStation 4 just about every month of the year. The Xbox has growing pains, though, because I remember one time when they had to recall a bunch of them for hardware defects. Yeah, absolutely. There, there have been problems where you know hard drive failures have caused for, for resets, and this generation hasn't had as many problems as uh, previous generations of the Xbox console. But this is you know definitely kind of a, a new place for Microsoft to, to be on top and to see you know what that means and what comes next for that console and for them right now the people responsible at microsoft the the biggest thing that they feel like is appropriate for their uh, audience is to just work with as many companies as possible to to keep the the number of games flowing sony playstation where's it stand somewhere in the middle yeah sony definitely occupies the the middle in a in a significant way you know sony has a lot of original titles that are you know owned by a playstation that get released and are always very popular and they have online services that work very well for for playing online together their third-party support isn't quite as strong as, as Microsoft's, and they've started to kind of branch out a little bit and see what happens when you consider different kinds of gameplay, including the the not-too-recently-released uh, PlayStation VR headset. want to get into that in a moment. And that's an interesting thing, too. Are we going to see all the game makers push more into VR? 
Microsoft definitely has plans for for virtual reality that we'll see later this year. Uh, but Nintendo put their foot down late last year and and made it clear that they didn't feel like virtual reality was something that was ready for people yet. The Switch console is definitely something that will never really be capable of creating a virtual reality experience for users. So if Nintendo ever does go to virtual reality, it, it will be with something else entirely. So right now we have the Switch coming up. What other products do we have from Nintendo? Uh, Nintendo's focus uh, is entirely on the Switch right now, you know, so so we're not going to see anything else new from them aside from, you know, software that goes along with this. And a big part of that is uh, pushed with some of their most popular titles, including a, a new Super Mario uh, game that is going to be coming out for Nintendo Switch and a game that's going to be launching with Nintendo Switch, uh, which is something that is, has been teased and, and kind of tortured for a, a long time now as a new Legend of Zelda game, uh, which in this case is called Breath of the Wild. I'm not a big gaming person. I did, however, look at all the old stuff in the garage the other day that my son left when he moved to Spain, and he had his gaming console. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was a PlayStation of several years back. What is your favorite? It's never an easy choice for me right now. I'm a little spoiled because I've been I've been spending a lot of time, uh, you know, kind of exploring virtual reality. But I often find myself coming back to uh, Nintendo's consoles for just the the kind of games that they have available. It's something that I can sit down with my kids on a Saturday morning and and play for for a while, and and it ends up being a very enjoyable experience. It's not quite as isolating and or adult themed as I often find, uh, you know, some of the other games that I end up playing. That brings us to VR because VR is an individual experience. Entirely, yep. You've got to stick on the goggles. And the goggles still remind me of the 1990s. A lot of them, you know, physically, they, that, that's a, a really valid criticism. You know, they, they, they are big, kind of bulky things that sit on your head. Okay, so that's an interesting thing here. Is it possible to make that so it's not much thicker than a Google Glass or something? When you get down to, to things that are smaller than you know most of the headsets you have right now, you, you run into some distance problems. You know, typically the way the virtual reality works right now is it takes a display that you have kind of hanging in front of your face and it warps it using a pair of lenses so that it feels like your entire field of view has been filled. And that space between the lens and the display is important for that experience. So as for a virtual reality headset that, that shrinks back into something that you know rests more comfortably on the bridge of your nose like a pair of glasses, I think you'd be looking more at uh, what is conventionally known as augmented reality there, where you can still see the world around you and these kind of virtual elements are just kind of laid over top of the lenses to add to the world that you see. So it wouldn't be the full experience? It wouldn't be the full immersive experience in that case. You're For now, using the technology that we have available, there's always going to be that that space that's going to cause the, the little bit of bulge that happens in front of your eyes. And we're not going to have the implant in the back of your head. You know, I, I don't think we're going to have that anytime soon. And, and even if they do, I'm certainly not going to sign up for it until I know the bugs have been worked out of the first version. Well, you wouldn't know, you know, until people are 75 years old and dying of brain cancer or something. Sure. But let's just talk about VR because we haven't focused on this. And this was supposed to be a year of VR for the holiday season. Did VR take off in a big way? What about CES? Was it big there? Virtual reality was everywhere at the Consumer Electronics Show. It was in in every hall that I walked in, uh, even though they attempted to kind of corral virtual reality into a, into a single space, into a single hall. It was everywhere, you know, there, in, in various forms. So in some cases, it was the ability to record things in such a way that they looked nice in virtual reality. And in other ways, uh, it was really just kind of people walking around with their virtual reality headsets on, you know, as though they were just walking around normally in, down a hallway. So, yes, it was very much 
uh, a, a year where it was clear that we're going to see a lot of virtual reality things over the next year. When you have the goggles on, can you switch to a mode where you can see what's going on around you? That's not true with every headset, but yes, there are versions of virtual reality headsets where that's true. Otherwise, you don't want to go bumping into people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but where did VR get started in the way we see it today, other than the sci-fi films? Uh, in the way that we see it today as an enhancement to video games. You know, the, this was the, the original uh, kind of push for this generation of virtual reality started with the uh, Kickstarter campaign for the Oculus Rift. And it was pitched as a way to be more immersed in the games that you were playing, where you sat down at your desk and you, you put the virtual reality headset on and you, you could, you know, looked left and looked right. And the game that you were playing was all around you. And that quickly, very quickly escalated to not just sitting and holding a controller and playing the game, but actually being able to take, you know, one step, one physical step in a room and having that step translated virtually so that you were, you know, walking around in a virtual space and interacting with, you know, virtual objects uh, by reaching out with your hands and looking down and actually seeing hands to, to really feel like you were there. This kind of reminds me of Tron. In a way, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of similarities there when it comes to feeling like you are entirely somewhere else. So, of course, that's a common science fiction scenario. Now, when it comes to VR, obviously, to make it seem real to you, you've got to have really incredible graphics. You've got to basically emulate your hand and foot movements precisely, kind of like a reverse motion capture. You have to feel it 100%. How close do we come? We come very close right now for uh, the basics, you know, being able to to look out and reach your hand out and kind of rotate your wrist and, and see that, you know, kind of an accurate one to one translation. And it's usually aided through controllers that are that are built for virtual reality. Uh, HTC has the, the Vive headset and complete with that are these controllers that are positioned absolutely in space. And they're accurate enough that someone else on the other side of the room could be holding one of those controllers and toss it to you while you have the headset on. And it, it travels with enough accuracy that you can reach out and reliably catch it, uh, assuming that you're good at catching things that are being thrown at you. But it, it's a, a really accurate experience, but, but it is also kind of limited to that controller feeling where if you are moving your fingers around along that controller, you're not seeing that yet. And that, that's something that we did see at CES where, where, you know, kind of gloves that you would put on. And as you moved your fingers individually, those fingers were articulated and, you know, accurately in the virtual world. So you have to have gloves, too. For right now, that's the, the step that they've moved forward is, is having those gloves. And, and they're, very, they're very thin, you know, fabric-y gloves that, that you would wear, not the, the kind of bulky, uh, like the, the power glove, you know, where you, where you feel like you're in, a, in an oven mitt or something. These are, these are very kind of thin gloves that you would wear in order to get that particular experience. Now, is there a way to share this with another person? Uh, you have two options there. You can share this with another person uh, by having another headset, you know, occupy the, the same space where you can walk around, uh, you know, with, with two headsets on and, and share that. Or uh, there are uh, visual trackers that have a kind of a separate display so that you're holding this tracker. And when you look through what looks like basically a phone mounted on top of this tracker, you are seeing, you know, the, the virtual world through that screen. Let's same. do more of this in our next segment of the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. 
You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. The following is an incredible, life-changing, free offer for anyone with hearing problems who wants to start hearing more clearly again. We're now offering free in-home trials of a revolutionary hearing breakthrough called Listen Clear to anyone who calls this special toll-free number now, 1-800-719-4926. Call now and you'll also qualify for free shipping. Listen Clear is precisely designed by top audio engineers. It adjusts to let you find the perfect way to hear things crisply and clearly, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And Listen Clear is so small and discreet, people usually don't even notice you're wearing it. And it's so lightweight, you may even forget you're wearing it too. Don't miss this special life-changing opportunity to hear things more clearly again for free with a 100% free in-home trial and free shipping. If you like it, you could even get free batteries for life. For free information, call now. 1-800-719-4926. That's 1-800-719-4926. 1-800-719-4926. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. We'd like to hear from you. 
If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Russell Holly is telling us about VR. This is one of the first times we've actually dealt with it other than a theoretical level. Oh, it's going to be good this year for sales, that kind of thing. Now we're talking about the actual use case. So is there a point here where it's going to be like the game where you can have five kids or five adults or any combination thereof putting on their goggles and be together immersed in the same experience? The biggest challenge that you run into right now is cost. It's not uh, difficult to have multiple people in the same virtual space. So the, the technology there actually works very well to have that happen. But each one of these headsets is uh, you know, very expensive right now. The HTC Vive, for example, uh, each one of those setups is uh, $800. Uh, and, and that doesn't include the computer that you connect it to to power it, which is also uh, often very expensive and, and between $800 and $1,200, depending uh, on, on which model you look at and how high quality you want the, the graphics to be inside of the headset. Uh, so, you know, it, it's certainly possible, but for now it's it's going to be very expensive. And the answer to that seems to be these kind of, uh, they're almost virtual theme parks, you know, where there are experiences that are VR experiences where multiple people put them on and you pay for, you know, kind of a, a single trip through this almost amusement park ride style uh, event that you experience as a group. And then when you come out, you're you're done. So you no longer need Disneyland. In a way, you know, and I think that, you know, Disneyland will, will incorporate some of these experiences uh, themselves. You know, the, the, the most prominent one that I can recollect right now is actually in, in New York City. It's uh, at uh, Madame Tussauds and it's, it's for uh, the Ghostbusters, you know, the, the most recent Ghostbusters movies that had come out. You can actually pay, uh, I, I think it's 30 or $40 per person to, to go in as a group, you know, with the, the, the proton pack, you know, the, the laser gun from, from the movie you know, go and hunt ghosts together in virtual reality. And then, you know, it's, it's a, you know, 15 or 20 minute experience and then you're done. Ghostbusters. I think only four people saw that movie, right? It didn't do near as well as a lot of people might've hoped for. It didn't do quite as well uh, from a movie perspective, but I think merchandising on it did pretty well. That's all you need. Well, <laughs> kids are getting the proton pack and all that. Sure. And don't cross the streams. Not at all. Unless you mean it. Okay. So what is your name? Zool. <laughs> right remember that i do yeah and the guy who did that song it was ray parker was it oh i don't know i think yeah. you might be right okay ray parker jr as a matter oh, of fact okay ray parker jr did the song and he seemed to have a career before that but what did he do after that i have no idea yeah you know it seemed to have killed his career I'm not afraid of no ghosts. Well, there you go. Okay, if I want to get into VR, I'm a neophyte on VR, and I'm not the youngest guy in the world. And I said, you know, this sounds like something. How do I start? There, there's a couple of ways you can start. Uh, you know, the, the first is to look into taking, if you, you own a, a nice smartphone, you can add uh, a nice smartphone to a virtual reality headset. Uh, that, that, you know, you just plug the phone in and, and it takes you to these virtual experiences. And, you know, for, for many of those cases, it ends up being about a hundred dollars to, to make that adjustment. And then anywhere you are, you'll be able to, to go into virtual reality. Uh, it starts to increase in price as you look into things that you want to connect to, uh, let's say like the PlayStation 4. 
you know, the PlayStation VR headset is is between five and six hundred dollars, uh, depending on where you go. And if you want to to go kind of that one step further to the for the whole room experience, where you're filling a room with virtual reality and you're walking around and doing things, uh, then you look at the Oculus Rift or the HTC Vive, uh, both of which start you at about eight hundred dollars. HTC doesn't do well selling smartphones, but VR they seem to be doing okay. They seem to be doing very well so far with uh, with their smart uh, with their virtual reality headsets, and it has been a while since they've done well with smartphones. I was just looking at the lyrics for Ghostbusters from Ray Parker Jr., and this relates to VR. If you're seeing things running through your head, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. See virtual reality. That's definitely uh, applicable here, yeah. And that was what from you know 30 years ago or something like that. He was predicting virtual reality, and look what's all come about today. What should I look out for in looking at a virtual reality kind of entryway? What mistakes would I make? Uh, the the biggest mistake that I see made with uh, with virtual reality right now is uh, taking you know using it in the wrong place. You know you you see someone take you know get a virtual reality headset, especially one of the portable ones that uses your phone, and uh, you know using it on uh, you know mass transit on the way to work. You know a bus or a train or something like that. Uh, and then there have been examples of people actually getting robbed in those situations because you're completely immersed in this virtual world uh, while you're sitting in a vehicle full of strangers. Uh, so so being careful with it is is definitely uh, something that you, you want to keep in mind. Uh, but also, at the same time, you know, don't be afraid to bring it with you and share with friends. You know, this is this ends up being an oddly social experience when you have a group of people that you can, you know, kind of share these uh, these experiences with. Well, they'd all have to have their own goggles, right? Well, you just end up passing it around, you know, one person at a time experiencing it uh, and and watching, you know, the group watching the individual, uh, you know, experiences for the first time ends up being uh, really entertaining. All right, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Okay. So, obviously, the price of admission is higher than your smartphone right now. Absolutely. And you end up... Paying about a hundred dollars in addition to your smartphone, uh, depending on you know what it is that you're buying. Now, Apple has been criticized for not getting involved in VR, and we've always seen this with Apple, where they don't come out with the technology first, but they come up with a new slant. So they didn't have the first smartphone. You know, people were using Blackberries and other gear, and then Apple came out with the iPhone. Supposedly, Apple is interested in VR. So what can another company do to just break into this in a way that nobody thought of before? Well, the important thing to keep in mind with Apple is that, you know, while they see virtual reality as, as a, a useful form for, for entertainment, uh, their their primary focus moving forward is actually going to be more augmented reality, like we said before, where it's, it's not a full immersion so much as seeing virtual objects, you know, kind of uh, over top of the, the real world. Uh, so if, if we do see something from Apple over the next couple of years, it, it won't be so much uh, you know, an entirely virtual reality headset or, or kind of a slant on that so much as, uh, you know, the, the, the virtual world, uh, you know, experience through Apple's vision. So it'd be something that wouldn't be that full experience. It'd be something where you're not sharing, you're not giving up the experience of the real world. Yeah, a good way to think about that would be kind of a, a step beyond Google Glass, you know, would be the kind of direction that you would expect Apple to go here. But that's the point, too. How much of a mass market can VR take? Because obviously we're looking at things here where you're sacrificing something. You have an individualized experience. Maybe you have areas where you can share it. You're isolating yourself from the world unless you have 
this feature in your goggles where you can see what's going on. So it's something that you're not going to really want to do outside, or maybe you do, but it wouldn't be the most pleasant experience. Is this something where a year or two from now I go into the Best Buy store and for $125 I buy a set of goggles? Is that what's going to happen? We'll learn more about the future of VR, things that might happen, and other mobile stuff. We're talking to Russell Holly, He's managing editor for VR Heads, which is why he knows this stuff. And he's talking to Gene Steinberg, who doesn't know this stuff and is trying to learn on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. ProPure water filters, making water great again. Taste and feel the difference with state-of-the-art filter technology. Pro1 G2.0 and ProMax filters are independent lab-tested to NSF standards. Choose from gravity, countertop, pitcher, shower, and inline filtration products. There's a ProPure for you. Buy risk-free today. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE, GSM, and Sprint networks. Introducing PIX Wireless. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, or unlock GSM phones with PIX and choose from an arsenal of monthly plans or build your own. Starting at only $2.99 per month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-205-9513 or PIXWireless.com, spelled P-I-X-Wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a mossy embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk green-fed dairy beverage every sip pays homage to our old world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from with over 30 probiotics a mossy's undeniably nutritious refined cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy a mossy so good and you need to try it contact your longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to gcnteam.com Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating an extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. 
Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves, home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So, once again, with Russell Holly, this is the first show where I've been fully educated and our listeners on... VR, or even going into augmented reality. So is there a point here now where instead of paying $7.99 for the goggles, I go into Best Buy, it's $125. You know, I, I think what you're going to see there, the, you know, the, the experiences that are $125 are, are probably never going to be what we're seeing right now with uh, things like the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift. I think there's always going to be that dividing line between, you know, the, the more passive, you know, kind of consumption virtual reality where you're experiencing a world around you but not really interacting with it. Uh, and, and what we see, you know, with these kind of higher end systems, uh, I think that it's important to, to keep in mind that, you know, while isolation is definitely a concern for anything that has to do with virtual reality uh, and, and not being able to really take it out of the house, the biggest focus here is to change the way people are, are playing games. You know, this is this is not an experience where you're sitting on the couch for, for six hours holding a, tr- a controller. This is you, you know, dodging, uh, you know, enemy fire as it's coming towards you by actually physically moving uh, and, and, you know, being very active throughout your your gameplay experiences and really feeling like you're a part of the the game that you're playing which is an entirely unique thing by comparison so when i feel i'm holding a laser pistol to shoot down the bad aliens i feel i'm holding a pistol absolutely yeah the you know vibration mechanics in the in the controller when you squeeze the trigger it you know you you get the kickback that you know feels like you're you're firing a weapon or you know and the same goes for for in many cases when you're you're hit by something you know it's a very kind of jarring experience where it happens you know very much up in your face you know so so you kind of reel back as though you've been struck that leads me to another set of possibilities here because we're setting up this virtual world out there. And you see this in sci-fi. How realistic can we make this? Can we take a person, for example, who is disabled? He or she cannot walk or cannot move their arms. Can they put on the goggles and have a whole life experience, at least imaginary? 
Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, not not only can they, but but that's happening right now. There there are hospitals experimenting with virtual reality to give you know patients that are immobile or, or patients that have lost limbs or, or patients that are going through uh, various kinds of physical therapy, uh, using virtual reality uh, as a tool uh, to to help them you know n- not uh, feel like they're in a hospital room and you know not really feel like they're they're limited uh, by by the you know by the, the physical things that are happening to them. So again, it's kind of like a psychological therapy person Absolutely. feels more useful because they can have this imaginary experience. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and in the case of, uh, even casual physical therapy, you know, where, where you travel, uh, you know, to a, to a location and, you know, you work on your wrist for, you know, a couple minutes and, and you do that once a week, uh, you know, this using virtual reality and that, uh, removes the the boredom from that you know where you don't feel like you're stuck in a stuffy office you put this headset on and and you know suddenly you're you're sitting you know in in a boat rowing and so the you know that that exercise uh for for therapy becomes uh you know more real and and more helpful because you don't feel like you're you're sitting somewhere performing this kind of monotonous task or the ultimate version which is that you have this duplicate of yourself or robotic version of yourself, and you sit back at home and you do your day's work, but you haven't left your home. But somewhere there is something that looks like you. Yeah, I I saw that movie, and that that uh, made me really uncomfortable. But uh, but I, I don't know that that you know we we'd ever quite get that far as a as a culture. Uh, but but definitely you know enhancing the experience around you is is not only possible but happening right now. What are the risks, the downsides? Can you get really lost in this illusion? Uh, it really depends on you know the the experience that you're having right now, the the app that you're using, as it were. Uh, but there are definitely you know ways where uh, you uh, you know spatial distortion happens. I've played a couple of games where I, I've played for uh, more than an hour and and done something where the the game that I'm playing, the the character that I'm playing, is not the same you know physical shape as me, uh, and so there's there's some some spatial distortion where I'll I'll you know bump into a wall or something that you know because uh, for a couple minutes after I take the headset off, my my body feels different than than it normally would and takes uh, some some readjusting, but usually not too much more than you know that that kind of casual disorientation uh, you know and and then of course because you have uh, a display, you know, that is that is that close to your face. There's there's always some level of concern for eye strain. I'm thinking here that you getting so involved in the game. Oh my God, I'm late for work. I run to the car, but wait a minute, it's going to take a while before I could really drive safely. I mean, there's definitely uh, you know a concern for for that kind of thing. Uh, you know, making sure that you are aware of your environment, and making sure that you're. Uh, you know, I guess scheduling yourself a little better. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, there's definitely a concern for that to, to some degree. VR. Okay. Have to see where that goes in terms of the technology and what the next generation might be. I tend to think every time we talk about something or consider anything like this, that ultimately people are going to want a fully shared experience in an affordable way. Where the son, the daughter, brothers, whatever, they buy two or three of these things, put them on, and they are in the same universe doing the same things, and each one sees the other. Absolutely, yeah. I think there's definitely, uh, you know, space for for that kind of experience and and a desire to have that be, uh, 
something that happens. I, I think that you run into some physical limitations as far as, you know, people owning a space large enough to, to set that up and be able to move around comfortably without, you know, running into one another. Uh, but it's it's definitely an experience that is really enjoyable when possible. You know, ha- having done it a couple times, it's a lot of fun to be able to uh, to do that, you know, with people that, you know, are physically in the same space. VR. But as a mass market thing, you think augmented reality might actually go further because you, you don't have to divorce yourself completely from the real world. I think augmented reality makes it easier to to take outside of your house and to do in more places. And, and so in that situation, yes, it, it could definitely, uh, you know, end up being a much bigger kind of experience. Uh, but the technology to, to create that in, in a meaningful way uh, is still not something that you know, we've completely wrapped our head around. You know, you, the, the closest thing that uh, you see right now is Microsoft's development kit that they call HoloLens. Uh, which is uh, prohibitively expensive and not something that you would, you know, wear for more than a couple minutes at a time. Uh, certainly not outside of the house yet. Uh, but but those those concepts are being worked on, and they're they're still a couple of years away. When you think about that, you think about Google Glass, where for a while they sold the things for what fifteen hundred dollars each. They were fifteen hundred dollars each, and they were you know designed mostly to to be. Uh, developer kits, you know, for for consumers, uh, the, the consumer version was never really uh, something that Google released or even really talked about, but it was treated like a consumer product, uh, you know, very much from the beginning. But it didn't go anywhere. Eventually, they pulled it from the market. Was it because it wasn't developed properly, wasn't fully realized or what? I, I think there were a couple of problems with Google Glass. I, I think that, you know, the, the price and the, the functionality, you know, taking it that step further so that it could actually become a consumer product uh, was something that, you know, the people in charge determined that it wasn't viable yet. But also, uh, you know, because of the amount of attention that Google Glass got early on, uh, there, there was very much a, a social stigma attached to the idea of wearing a computer with a camera, you know, on your face at all times. And it, it made a lot of people very uncomfortable because Google didn't do a very good job explaining uh, how it could be safe or how it could be, uh, you know, enforced so that people weren't doing, uh, you know, inappropriate things with it. There were privacy concerns, certainly. I don't want somebody photographing what I'm doing. Of course, you can, now you have your smartphone, you do it. I mean, well, and not only there that, is privacy I, anyway. You could be sitting at a restaurant and somebody in the back room is using their telephoto feature and they're taking pictures of you. We've got more to come. We're going to explore new realities. It sounds like we're almost entering the world of science fiction here. And soon it's going to be the Matrix universe. I don't think so. Russell Holly is joining us. We've got more to come. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE, GSM, and Sprint networks. Introducing PIX Wireless. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, or unlock GSM phones with PIX and choose from an arsenal of monthly plans or build your own. Starting at only $2.99 per month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-205-9513 or PIXWireless.com, spelled P-I-X Wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Had it been the sweet Paris air permeating the night? The intoxicating way her beauty had overtaken him. Whatever the case back then, Jordan Dunleavy is still in love with the memory of Lauren, the woman he'd lost so many years before. In Bookstore on the Sen, the journey of a conspiracy analyst, author C.L. Hendman, ties conspiracy theories, mystery, irony, and romance into this stimulating novel that masterfully interweaves the past with the present. Available on Amazon and Kindle and at bookstoreonthesen.com. That's S-E-I-N-E dot com. Bookstoreonthesen.com. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-340-5528. That's 800-340-5528. Again, 800-340-5528. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. You're listening to The Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So the next thing is you go into this little pod 
and you lie down and that's your entire reality, huh? Oh, I sure hope not. I, I definitely still enjoy all of the real parts of being in reality. I think uh, living in a pod would be very boring for me, even if uh, the things around me seemed real to my eyes and ears. Only if you knew. That's certainly true. You know, if you if you never left that environment, then then there's certainly some truth to that. But I think we're pretty far from that. All right. Or hopefully it will never happen if it hasn't already. Maybe we're all sitting in pods somewhere and we're interacting and we have no idea that's the case. But of course, a lot of us would like to change the reality. Wouldn't that be nice? You can change the reality. All you have to do is push a button on the pod and there it goes. One of the things that have bothered me about Google or now Alphabet is they do this thing as they did with Google Glass. You bring a product that's really a beta, something that should be for beta testing. It shouldn't be something released to the public. They release it to the public and they don't really explain it's a beta. I mean, even Siri on your iPhone 4S when it first came out was a public beta. If you looked at the description from Apple, they said beta. That's their entire history right there. You know, you think about uh, a lot of their most successful products. Uh, when when you go and, and use them, they, they started out either as what Google called uh, 20% projects. Uh, that, that were created in free time by by employees uh, and then kept in beta for for years until they were considered consumer viable. An example of that would be uh, email. The Gmail client was in beta, I think, for seven years, and it had that that beta flag uh, above it for ages and wasn't considered a, a fully viable product. But I, you know, well before they removed that beta tag, I, I didn't know a single person in my immediate social circle that wasn't already an active and avid user. Even friends of mine that were were not tech savvy, you know. So it's a problem, especially when you when you try and do that to hardware. Uh, but it's it's something that Google has done, you know, really since their inception. Now I remember when Apple released Apple Maps, and they should have put a beta label on there. And I think that's the big mistake Apple made at the beginning. It was unrealized, a lot of problems. And if they said beta, if you have a problem, report to us and we'll fix it. That's what they should have done. It was bad PR. They had to apologize. And one of the things they said was if you don't want to use Apple Maps at the time, use Google Maps or someone else's. And they gave you the links and everything. So I tried Google Maps separated from Apple at that point. And before I could use it in the app, and I don't know what it's like now. I don't really use Google Maps that much, except on my computer where I print out directions to get to someplace. I'm old fashioned that way. You had to agree that this was a beta and they're not responsible if you get lost. Basically, that's what it said. Do you recall that? Is it now outside of beta, Google Maps? Yeah, it's definitely outside of beta now. And, you know, you'll get a separate warning now that is is very much about, uh, you know, being careful using your phone while you're driving. But it it definitely not the same uh, experience that you had before there. There's the the beta flag has definitely been dropped from that product. Has anyone actually tested today, 2016, 2017, Google Maps versus Apple Maps? Who's more accurate? Yeah, it's definitely done at least once a year. Uh, there, there are a couple of groups that will will go through and, and do it and test. And a big part of the mapping challenge, you know, b- between these two companies now isn't even so much, you know, the the visual fidelity of the maps that you look at, you know, where, where some of the, the Apple maps just looked, you know, 
patently ridiculous when you saw them. The big thing now is uh, accuracy for the driving directions. You know that that turn by turn navigation. Which one of the services will will get you to your location faster? Which one of them will get you to your location without encountering them? You know traffic or or can anticipate traffic while you're on your route. And in many of those cases, Google Maps still ends up being a superior product, but not by a huge margin. Now, I ran into a situation here where I was to pick up my son from a friend's house. He was here visiting from Madrid, and it was maybe a half hour drive from where I live. So just to be sure, I got directions on Google Maps, and it got me into a place like a mile or two away from where I wanted to be. And so I thought, okay, let's see what Apple does. And Apple made the same mistake. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely something, you know, a lot of the, the mapping resources end up coming from very similar services, you know, and, and in places where Google or Apple can't take a physical person and take them there to take pictures and, and record it themselves, the mapping data ends up getting purchased from a third party. And so in places like that, it's definitely not surprising that, you know, you'll you'll find the same error across services if they don't come from hands-on experience from either Apple or Google. So they're all kind of, a lot of them are using the same services to get the mistake all of them start out as uh, satellite mapping you know where the, the satellite services are, are selling their mapping data to go and do this and you know google has worked with several companies to kind of brand their own satellite mapping data to, to create their own maps of most of the places that you would think to go to nowadays. But it's it's still not, you know, a 100% thing. And, and it may not be for a while because we've started to reach this kind of ground level challenge where unless you have a physical person traveling these routes and saying, you know, no, this changed, you know, six months ago, or this is kind of a, a side road that seems more popular, th- those changes don't get reflected in daily use. So they could be 99% accurate, but that 1% can be really tough. Absolutely. To yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a specifics match now. And of course, things like public transit, Google's ahead, but Apple is in the process of catching up. Yeah. And, and public transit raises its own series of challenges when you're in places as to you know how technologically advanced those cities are to do things like report uh, in, an, in a timely manner when there are service outages or delays. Well, remember, for example, New York City. A lot of these original subway lines were built 50, 100 years ago. Absolutely. We forget that. In fact, they just added the Second Avenue extension, which is something they've been developing for 100 years. I remember that when I was a kid because my dad worked for the New York City transit system. So he had free transport on any New York City subway or bus. It was available to his family, but he was so honest, he wouldn't let us do it. Hmm. What an interesting experience. Okay, well, there we go with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate the introduction to VR, which doesn't mean I'm going to buy the goggles tomorrow. But I'm now better focused on where to go and what to do. So that certainly helped. I hope our listeners do, too, because we're talking about technology here that's more and more people are embracing and makes it a lot more interesting to see where it happens. Russell Holly, would you tell our listeners if they want to know more about the work you do, where they can check you out? Sure. You can always find uh, my work on virtual reality experiences at uh, VRheads.com. And just about anything else you will find by uh, following me on Twitter at Russell Holly. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl. That's Tech Night Owl. 
on Twitter. Also, if you want to check me out on Facebook, look for Gene Steinberg. The guy in this red plaid shirt, a little bit younger than I am now, but if you find him, guess what? He's probably me. We also have a second radio show out there, and I know that Russell doesn't know this, but now he will. It's called The Paracast. It's about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this is an interesting thing because the most well-known case in UFO history, something that the entire public has heard about, is the Roswell, New Mexico crash, allegedly involving a UFO, in 1947. This is numero uno when it comes to UFOs. And we've got a guy named Kevin Randall who's been chasing after it for over 30 years. And he found a lot of it, a lot of the story of Roswell, this cultural icon, this modern myth, a lot of it is less than you think it was. All right? Check at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com to learn more about Kevin Randall, his new book, Roswell in the 21st Century. And we've got a special feature of the Tech Night Out Live we'd like you to check out. It's the number one, speaking of number one, best way to support the show. And the way to check it out is to go to plus, P-L-U-S dot dot com. And we tell you about Tech Night Out Plus. And we offer you a commercial free version of this show. And we give you better quality audio. So Russell Holley sounds even more perfect than he does now. And the price for a subscription starts at just $1.49 every week. Our price cheap. Plus.technightout.com. Russell Holley, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.